requested that song. I hadn't thought about the children coming up, so I really appreciate that, Stan. Thanks to all the children for being involved in that. How many messages have you heard from the book of Song of Solomon? Probably not too many. In fact, I was trying to think over my ministry how many times I've preached Song of Solomon. Probably they were going to Song of Solomon chapter 2 and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation so it may be a little bit different than what you're carrying but in looking at different translations I chose this one as I thought it just seemed to go well with what I wanted to say it's so good to see Lee Zimmerman back there he's come through surgery and uh, been praying for him Song of Solomon, chapter 2, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Now, I want you to understand uh, that that was a woman said that, and a man responds, and back and forth, that's the way this is written. So now the man says, Yes, compared to other women, my beloved is like a lily among thorns. A young woman says, and compared to other youths, my lover is like the finest apple tree in the orchard. I'm seated in his delightful shade, and his fruit is delicious to eat. He brings me to the banquet hall, so everyone can see how much he loves me. Oh, feed me with your love, your raisins, and apples, for I am utterly lovesick. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, by the swift gazelles and the deer of the wild, not to awaken love until the time is right. Ah, I hear him, my lover. Here he comes, leaping over the mountains and bounding over the hills. My lover is like a swift gazelle or a young deer. Look, there he is behind the wall. Now he's looking in through the window, gazing into my room. My lover said to me, Rise up, my beloved, my fair one, and come away. When the winter is past, and the rain is over and gone. The flowers are springing up, and the time of singing, birds have come, even the cooing of the turtle doves. The fig trees are budding, and the grapevines are in blossom. How delicious they smell. Yes, spring is here. Do I hear an amen? We're <laughs> <laughs> looking for spring, aren't we? <laughs> Spring is here. Arise, my beloved, my fair one, and come away. The young man said, My dove is hiding behind some rocks behind the outcrop of the cliff. Let me see you. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is pleasant and you are lovely. Young women of Jerusalem then say, Quick, catch all the little foxes before they ruin the vineyard of your love, for the grapevines are all in blossom. And the young woman said, My lover is mine, and I am his. He feeds among the lilies before the dawn comes and the shadows flee away. Come back to me, my love. Run like a gazelle or a young stag on the rugged mountains. Lord, we pray that you would bless the scripture to our heart. Help us to see the twofold meaning here. Lord Jesus, you are our mother. And also you blessed us with those that are close to us in relationship here in this world. Lord, I pray today that we would be challenged to how Jesus Christ loved us so much that he gave his life a ransom for many. 
to guide and direct us now in your precious and worthy name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Since in the reading from 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, God showed how much he loved us by sending his only Son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. It's not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. What special day is coming up this week? Valentine's Day, yes. Millions of cards will be sold. Many, many pounds of candy, which we all need, chocolates and everything. Trying to express love to that special someone in your life. But do we really know what it's all about? Let's ask ourselves this question. What is love? One man defined love as a four-letter word consisting of two consonants, L and D, and two vowels, O and E, and two fools, U and E. <laughs> Another said that, if love, that life is one crazy thing after another. Love must be two crazy things running after each other. And then there was a cartoon that depicted two people, a man and a woman. They were sitting on a dog sled in, in Alaska. The man said to the woman, I would drive my sled a hundred miles to say that I love you. To which she responded, that's a lot of mush. <laughs> <laughs> so then what is love? Two fools, you and me, two crazy things after each other, or a lot of mush? One of the most beautiful biblical answers to that question is found here in the Bible, in the Song of Solomon. Most controversy swirls around this Old Testament book. Some people see the book as an allegory about the love of God for his chosen people. Others see it as an actual description of a human love between a man and a woman. I submit to you that I believe it's both. First, we see the collection of love songs. These songs describe the love between a man and a woman. The human story becomes that allegory describing God's love for his people. And it's included, uh, this book is included in the Old Testament canon that demonstrates the sanctity of human love. And I believe it also gives us insights or a key into the ingredients of genuine love. Because God ordained that there would be love between man and woman. God created man uh, needing a helpmate. Read the, the story there in Genesis. Uh, Adam saw all the animals and he, he named them and yet he had a, something was missing. And so God came and took his rib and formed a woman who was to be his companion. I heard it said that the man is nothing but dust, but the woman is a miracle creation out of the rib. So if you men think you're really something, remember, we're just dirt. The women have to overrun. 
<clears throat> we live in a day, though, when society seems to be ignoring what the Holy Scriptures have taught for over 2,000 years. I want to submit to you this morning that no rule of law by the Supreme Court is greater than God's law, the Bible. Because someday every one of us are going to stand before God in that final great white throne judgment. And the scriptures are going to be our, 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 our judge at that time. Well, February is the month that we celebrate love. I see a few of you have read on today. You must have been thinking about that. Businesses depend on people to go out and, and to spend their money, uh, showing their love to each other. And I think it's good. I encourage you to do that. Uh, take your special someone out for a meal. Bring home flowers maybe a box of chocolates or something to express your love. May I suggest that this doesn't need to be only between two spouses. Perhaps you're single and someone in your family means a lot to you, a parent or a brother or sister, you can express your love to them. But why only in the month of February? I think we need to express love one to another all the time, every day of the year. John 13, verse 35, Jesus said these words, your love for one another will prove that you are my disciples. While the world celebrates only the romantic side of love, we as believers should celebrate a far deeper meaning and greater meaning of love. It's the love that our Heavenly Father poured out upon us. Apostle Paul prayed that he may know the depths of this love. There in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Lee, I, I so enjoyed that song you wrote. The love of God goes on and on and on. You can't measure it. Thank God for it. How do we then discover this wonderful love? I think it comes to us by knowing Jesus in a greater way. The more that we come to know him, the more that we are astounded that he would love us in the first place. The more of his love poured into our hearts, it's more likely that it will overflow and touch others around us. But you might ask, how do we even begin showing the love of God? Start with a friendly hello, a smile for those you come in contact with. Remember to actually say those words to your loved ones. I love you and to mean it. I think sometimes those words can roll off our tongue so easy. We need to grip and grasp the real meaning. Reach out to someone lonely. Maybe it's a neighbor or a friend that you know is going through a hard place. Become a friend to them. Uh, spend time with them. And it could be after a while you become very close friends. Who knows how far the love of God can spread as we do to others and help them. 
So let's give it a try. How about it? Well, let's consider together today three aspects about true love. The first is true love is an appeal. Notice there in verse 2 from the, the book of Song of Solomon. He said, yes, compared to women they love, my beloved, you are like a lily among thorns. Wow, what a description of your lover. She certainly had an appeal to you, I'm sure. Psychologists say this is termed the halo effect to describe this kind of reaction. And they're referring to the general feeling one gets when their thinking is influenced as they evaluate a specific attribute and abilities of another person. Now, you follow that particular someone, that lovely young lady, and you probably begin to think, oh, she is smarter and better looking than any other that I've seen. But if you didn't love her, you may not think that about her. The same goes for the man you love. You probably think he's the most intelligent, handsome man that you ever saw, but you wouldn't think that if you really didn't love him or like him. This is what happens in real love. That person that has that unique appeal to you, they just stand out of the crowd, ahead above all the rest. It's simply this, when you love someone, you see the best in that person. There's an appeal about that person that causes you to say, as the writer did here, yes, compared to other women, my beloved is like a lily among thorns. Now he's talking about the man's way of thinking here. Now he considers the woman's point of view. Something else happens in true love. And secondly, real love shows an attention. The woman says there, verse sweetheart, verse 3, and compared to other youths, my lover is like the finest apple tree in the orchard. Did you ever describe your young man that way? When you love someone, you want to spend time with them. Your thoughts are turned towards that person. And it has nothing to do with age, mind you. Just a few weeks ago, <clears throat> when our dear brother, Jesse Doherty, went to Juniper Village, what do you think the first thing he said was when he went in his room? Where's Wilma's bed? There was just one bed there. At almost 96, he wanted his mother by his side. And you know, I, I think in God's mercy, the Lord took him home the next day. Because that was so hard with Jesse. I visited with him that afternoon. And I knew it was tough for him. I tried to encourage him best I could. But the Lord took him home. And you know, Wilma had said to me prior to that, oh, I just hope Jesse goes first because he's going to live without me. <laughs> I know what she meant. And so I remember back almost 49 years, I guess it is 49 years ago now. <laughs> that I had met a, a lovely young lady that was a rose among all the thorns. And I would travel 121 miles one way to see her. And I didn't think anything of it. We, we wrote letters all the time. And in those days, you called person to person. Remember how that was? 
the operator would say, what's the name? And I would say, Faith Swank White. Faye? No, Faith. Would you spell it? So I'd spell it. Swank White. Uh, would you please spell that? <laughs> Every time I'd see it. So I usually said, Faith Swank White. And just spell the name. They didn't have to ask me. But I wanted to spend time with her. Carl Foolish should be like, but I remember when we would get together on a Friday night, oh my goodness, we just were alone, looking at each other in the eyes and talking. The next thing was midnight. We go to bed, the next night was midnight again. Sunday afternoon, we just reveled in each other's presence. And I remember times taking my car out the driveway, I was so sleepy, and I had 121 dollars I rolled that window down, turned the music up, and I did it. That's what you call love. <laughs> Those mouths didn't seem to mean anything, just that I could spend time with my dear girl. A popular comedian once told the story of a young man who spotted a beautiful young lady walking down the road. He fell right in behind her, followed her for more than a mile. Finally, the young woman stopped and wheeled around and demanded, Why are you following my every footstep? To which he replied with such emotion, Because you're the loveliest girl I've ever seen, and I'm madly in love with you. First sight, please be mine. It must have been your Valentine's Day. The young lady replied, Well, you only have to look behind you and see my younger sister, who's ten times more beautiful than I. To which he turns around quickly. And there's the most homely-looking girl he ever saw. You lied to me. She isn't more beautiful than you. So did you, she said. If you were so madly in love with me, why did you turn around and look? No, when love is real, you don't look around to keep your focus on the one that has your attention. And you enjoy sitting in the shadow, the shadow of their presence. Thirdly, real love, there's action. The lover, the son of Solomon, didn't just talk about his, his love and concern, he showed it. Look there at verse 4. His sweetheart declared to him, he brought me to the banquet hall and raised the banner of love over me. Genuine love doesn't just talk about the other person, but acts out to help fill that other person's needs. It's a chief contrast between real love and infatuation, between genuine love and Hollywood love. Real love asks, what can I give to the most special person in my life? Evacuation type of love asks this, what can I get out of this relationship and how does it make me feel? Can you see the difference? Real love says, what can I do for the other? regardless of what I get in return. You see, you're putting the other person before yourself and your second. Many a marriage falls apart because of selfishness and only thinking of themselves rather than the good and blessing 
Ephesians 5 is one of my favorite uh, scriptures. I think it's so clear of what a Christian marriage should look like. If you want to turn with me there, I'm going to read from chapter 5, several verses, starting at verse 1 and 2, and then we'll jump over to 21. Paul is here speaking both to the husband and to the wife. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Follow God's example in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love for others, following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your sins. And God was pleased because that sacrifice was like sweet perfume to him. Drop down now to verse 21. And Father, you will submit to one another out of the reverence for Christ. You wives will submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of his body, the church, and gave himself for her to be her savior. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives must submit to your husbands and everything. And, see, some husbands want to stop right there, but, and you husbands must love your wives with the same love Christ showed the church. What did he do? He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by baptism in God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church, without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man is actually loving himself when he loves his wife. No one hates his own body, but lovingly cares for it. Just as Christ cares for his body, which is the church, and we are his body. As the scriptures say, a man loves his father and mother and is joined, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Paul, as I said, is talking here both to the husband and to the wife, giving themselves one to another, as he did, giving his very life to be a savior of the church. I thought in that verse of scripture there in John 15, verse 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. We are to submit ourselves to Christ Jesus and then to love one another as he loved us. Paul calls it a great mystery. Because Christ and the church are one, so each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Now, did you notice Paul concluded there in verse 33 that a man loves his wife first as he loves himself. And then the wife is to respect him. 
I submit to you that is heaven's order. And not the other way around as the world would think or try to persuade. And sadly, even some who call themselves Christians. They say, you submit as my wife and then I'll love you. No, my friend, Christ died first. While we were yet unlovely, while we were still sinners, we weren't loving him at that point. He died still for us. So our love came after he died. And now we love him and want to live for him with all of our being. This is so very important. So then what is love? Well, we try to share three clear, plain evidences of love. There's appeal, there's attention, and there's action. So after almost 49 years, my sweetheart, this isn't much. It's really with it. I'm going to hear about that when I get home. Some of you here today, some of you here today have gone through losing your companion. I've never been there. But my heart breaks for you having to say goodbye. But isn't it wonderful that you have the blessed memories? Thank the Lord for the years you had together. I know it doesn't take away the sadness and pain. No matter how many years you've had. And then my heart breaks for some others here. Through pain and unfaithfulness has torn your marriage apart. I submit to you, dear friend. Seek Jesus and let him fill that void. And that being unfaithful, I think, covers a lot of things. But know that Jesus loves you no less than I think I would say even more the pain that you've had to experience. So then to others here this morning, you have your companion sitting next to you that helped me that God gave you. And I would say, while you have come, make sure you tell them you love them. Because none of us know who we Our love could be taken from us soon. But I'm so thankful that someday, for those that have said goodbye, that you can meet again over the glory. What a reunion day that will be. Because that's a place where there's not going to be any more sickness, no sign, no pain, no saying goodbye, no death. We're there together for all eternity. Heaven is getting brighter as it goes. Praise the Lord. And so may God richly bless every one of us here today as we share the love that God has put in our hearts. I think of that story of Gomer in the, in the Old Testament, in Hosea. You read that sometime, it's amazing. <clears throat> the love that God gave that man for that woman who walked out on him and came across the two, lived in the depths of sin, and somehow Hosea uh, was able to bring her back and to reestablish a home. We never know the length of love, do we? But may God work in every one of our lives today. Let's live for his honor, his glory. Worship teams coming out.